And you can work a lot of of your own personal truth around and with and in compatibility with your own spiritual system. And the fact is that we need to be socialized so that, you know, like society has some order to it and so that we can simply like have some order to our lives. Like. All right, everyone, welcome to the Divergent Evolution podcast. We are on a mission to have the biggest conversation we can about our potential for conscious evolution. We're going to be talking about self-leadership, spirituality, lifestyle, and diverging from the norm. Join me, host Tia Marie, author, educator, and founder of Sanatia, as I dig into hyper-focused perspectives on what it means to awaken in the age of information. So I'm really excited about our guest today. I'm here talking with Angela Kay, the intuitive creatrix, spiritual thought leader. And I just want to read a little bit about you and your work, and then um, you can introduce yourself and add anything that wasn't mentioned here. But Angela Kay is a spiritual thought leader and quantum witch. She's at the front of the spiritual revolution. She believes that it's critically important that we revolutionize magic and spirituality to match the needs of humanity today. Through group programs and courses and individual coaching, she helps people tear down their programming and socialization so that they can understand why it was there and what function it was serving. Then she works to understand how to build something that serves or helps her clients build something that serves them better based on who they actually are and where they truly desire to go. So welcome. Thank you for being here. And yeah, I'd love to hear anything else that you want to share about your work or your journey before we get started. Yeah. Hi, Tia. Thank you for having me. I am so excited for this conversation. I always love conversations with you because they truly are cutting edge. They truly are revolutionizing for humanity, for magic, for spirituality. So I'm excited about our conversation today. And I think that it's important for where we're at in 2023 and where we're at with the world right now, right? Like whether we're talking about revolutionizing magic whether we're talking about revolutionizing spirituality Mm -hmm. or, you know, just, you know, you said lifestyle when we came in, like our way of being as humans, it's time to start to do things differently. (laughs) We have to look at how we've done them in order to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what I wanted to talk to you about today in more detail were your thoughts on what it means to revolutionize magic. Because, you know, when I started studying, well, first of all, I think people don't tend to have like a very grounded definition of what magic is in the first place. So we have, you know, fantasy magic, and then we have actual, in my experience perception like magic that has a lot more of a simple definition and there are a lot of really old perceptions and also I think like philosophies or different facets of knowledge around magic that I I personally feel has like served its time and that we're at a stage where we're really ready to like integrate that at a new level you know 
kind of define it differently and see how it works for us. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree that when we use the word magic and, you know, I spell it with a K on purpose and some people uh, have trouble with that, but I do it to help people understand the fact that I'm not talking about Disney. I'm not talking about sort of this fantasy Harry Potter, you know, (laughs) stuff that, that is fun, but it's not the same thing as creation. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about whether or not we want to use the word creation or manifestation or whatever word we want to use. We're talking about using our ability as humans to literally create our lives. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Uh, There are lots of older forms of magic, older Mm -hmm. ways of doing magic that have outlived their Mm -hmm. usefulness. Mm -hmm. They were useful for when they existed, for the Mm -hmm. time period they were in, for the people that they worked for, and we can learn a lot for them, but they need to be upgraded. And in my opinion, they need to be integrated. Mm -hmm. We don't have to segment them all off. We can learn from all of them. We can take the pieces that work and apply for where we're at today, and we can bring them together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, what do you see as the most common misperception or misconception that people um, come to when they're ready to learn from you about about what magic is? That's a really good question. I would say two things. Fear. Fear is one of the biggest misconceptions is that they have to be afraid of magic or that they have to be afraid of some of magic, right? There's this idea that there's good magic and bad magic or Uh, what we've been taught is light and dark magic. And it's something that I spend a lot of time, you know, working to teach people that there's not really light or dark and that there's a lot of social programming as to why we use those words and why we have defined certain kinds of magic as quote unquote dark magic. And the fact that we as humans and the person doing magic decide how we're using our energy, how we're using creation. And that's the only thing that decides whether it's quote unquote good or bad or light or dark, whatever word. So the fear, right? Like you can't truly own your creation power, your magic, your ability to alchemize something if you're afraid of half of it, mm-hmm. if you're afraid of what you might do. Mm-hmm. So fear is one of those. Mm-hmm. What is the second thing? The second thing is that I feel like people come in to magic and they don't fully understand the fact that they are the power that is working magic. Mm. So, you know, especially in, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, you know, law of attraction is one of the biggest things that people understand when they find their way to me. Mm. It's one of the biggest things that I help people to, I would say, correct in their system. I was going to say decondition from. Yeah, decondition <laughs> from, exactly. And so understanding the fact that it's not about, there's this corruptness of putting a higher power above ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a feeling for people watching or listening to this, that, you know, this might be hard for some people to hear, but if we really want to own our power to work magic, if we really want to own our power to create and manifest, we have to even that. Yes, there might be, you know, a higher power depending on your belief system. Mm-hmm. And this 
that's really important because I always, the way that I teach magic is based on someone else's belief system. It's never based on mine. It's based on theirs. Right. So you respect the belief system, but you're, yeah. Yeah. Always. And you have to, because the way that you work magic has to come from your own belief system. It can't come from somebody else's, Mm -hmm. but it has to be equal. You can't be begging a higher power for something and think that you're powerful and creating magic. You're not, then you're just begging a higher power for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was thinking about that the other day um, about the delicacy or the like the nuance of that particular conversation, especially because I talk about things like that. But I'm never saying when when I say things like it's dangerous. Well, I don't know about dangerous. It is not useful to put um, to give anything outside of yourself power over any part of your identity, any part of what you're capable of. I'm not, and I think people can kind of define that as heresy, you know, in a lot of ways because of that fear that you're talking about. And I'm never saying that you can't believe in what you want to believe in. And you can work a lot of of your own personal truth around and with and in compatibility with your own spiritual system. But you have to understand that from um, like a sovereign place inside of yourself, anything that you give that much power to ultimately at some point has uh, created a limitation within your ability to access the depth of your own of your own resources, really. So I think it's good to clarify that so that people don't get kind of spooked, but they understand that it, it you know the perspective serves a purpose, <laughs> yeah. like a functional purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that you and I are similar in that we both practice and teach in the way that we help people understand that they have to understand, or that it's useful at least to understand everything that's going on in their system, mm-hmm. beliefs, their values, and examine it and really kind of like get down and tear it apart and look at it mm-hmm. and figure out if it's supposed to be there and figure out if they want it to be there. Because right. if you don't know everything that's like deep down inside of you, mm-hmm. you don't know what's underneath your magic and you don't know if it's actually working. Right. You know, like if you have belief systems, that are telling you that magic isn't real and you still got them like kicking alive inside your system, then your magic's like half baked mm-hmm. and half baked is great for a brownie or a cookie. It's not so great for your magic. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely the best for cookies. Cause I like, I like the soft ones. <laughs> um, when you say that you work to revolutionize magic, what does that mean to you? It means that I very much see the limitations of the way that magic has been taught uh, in the past and the way that it's been corrupt by power systems in the past. And the way that I teach magic is to give the power back to individual people Mm -hmm. and that I teach them to individualize it within their system. Mm -hmm. So I never teach people to do magic my way. Mm-hmm. I might use my way of doing magic as an example, but I'm very clear from the very beginning that it's an example. Mm-hmm. And I'm very clear that the only powerful magic is learning to do it their way. It has mm-hmm. to be their way in order to be the most powerful that I can be for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very revolutionary perspective and in, and in spirituality too, like mm-hmm to allow people the 
uh, freedom to have their own experience and pay attention to what works and what doesn't work for them. What do you think the most important like pillars or foundational concepts or teachings like that you try to get across when you're when you're teaching what you teach are? Definitely one of the first ones is understanding programming and understanding that we are programmed, uh, you know, by society. And socialization is another word that people are probably more familiar with, mm-hmm. maybe, to think about that. And understanding that we're socialized by society for a reason, mm-hmm. and that socialization is not always bad. You know, like, as yeah. people start to learn about this, sometimes they can become angry or uh, agitated And the fact is that we need to be socialized so that, you know, like society has some order to it. And so that we can simply like have some order to our lives. Like Mm -hmm. it helps us to some extent, but there's also the fact of the matter that we need to understand that we're socialized so that we can understand how to unsocialize ourselves in the ways that serve us so that we can reclaim control and power over our own systems. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, programming socialization. And then I would also say, Another pillar is understanding victimization programming in society and really understanding the fact that you can't be in power and truly be creating and working magic and running this idea or this energy of victimization at the same time. Yeah. You can't sit in things happen to me and call yourself a co-creator or say you're working magic at the same time. They don't coexist. Mm, totally agree. And when people can shift those two things, when they can understand their programming and when they can start to really, truly accept radical responsibility, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. for their energy, for the things happening in their lives. And then when they can start to believe in magic and little bits at a time and start to see it happening in their lives, it's easy to start to create for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It really is a perspective that can't it's like cancels each other out right like you can't say oh I can create the life I want and then also I have no you know I'm just taking what I get or I have no power to create the life I want and I think that that conversation is a really rough one because really bad things happen to a lot of people and we've all had an experience of feeling victimized being an actual victim of of circumstances or or other people's behavior. And I think that is something that's really important to address is that it's, it's not a zero sum game. It doesn't mean that because you have been a victim of something that you need to identify as such or allow it to live on in your system in that particular way. It's not, it's not about bypassing, I think, the experience of really horrible things that happen to people. I think it's more about looking at the truth of what you are capable of, right? Like what you can transform and what you can control, which is your perspective and position of awareness and and the ways that you approach what comes your way and what you're going to do next about it, right? Like you've been in my programs and heard me talk a lot about being future focused and um, you know, looking at what's coming next. And I've, I've thought a lot about how there's, there's a truth and such a power in that because you're, you're allowing life to move through you and still focus on 
the trajectory or the path forward, but it doesn't mean that the experience that you're having, that you have to ignore it and constantly be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not even going to address that. I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm just going to forget about it and leave a lot of like trauma and undealt with things in your system. That's not to me, my experience of it, it doesn't feel like that's how it works to me. What are your thoughts on, because I just, I know, and I see you as an advocate for a lot of different um, topics in society, right? Like you're, you're loud about what you think is helpful and useful uh, in the ways that people treat each other. And you try to support people in your community. Like, how do you ride the line between that perspective and also um, speaking up? Because I think that a lot of people want to contribute to the bigger conversation, but we also have to look at the fact that like being outraged doesn't like that can serve a purpose, but how do we move beyond that into effectiveness? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. So first of all, I'm really glad that you brought up the fact that bad things do happen. Like bad, like really bad things happen. And when I say that, you know, talking about like victimization energy, I'm not saying that bad things don't happen. Right. Or that we have to like own when someone else does something. Like I'm definitely not saying that. Yeah, of course. I'm just saying that, like you said, we don't have to allow it to be our identity and we don't have to sit in it for forever Mm -hmm. because that does not serve us. Mm -hmm. And I love the the question about how we can, if we choose to, and not everybody has to choose to, but how we can advocate for things without sitting either in victimhood, which is one of the things that kind of irritates me about activism sometimes. Mm -hmm. Or without, you know, living in a like negative, rageful sort of state because that's right. not useful. Yeah. And it's challenging. Like if I'm honest, like when I was a lot younger, like I did sit in like a really just angry, rageful state. Mm-hmm. And it just bred a lot of negativity in me. Like I just, you know, you just spiral in that energy. Mm-hmm. And it, For me, it's about self-awareness and self-responsibility for my energy Mm -hmm. and being ultra aware of myself and ultra aware of my energy and ultra aware of how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And if I am, there's a difference between being passionate and being angry. I love that. Rageful. And I can come off as being angry online when I'm advocating for something, but I'm not angry inside of myself, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm passionate. There's a difference between passion and anger. If I'm feeling anger or rage, I'm quiet in doing my own work Mm -hmm. (laughs) to move that energy and to look at it and examine it and get myself where I need to be Mm -hmm. so that I can be actually serving other people. So if I'm angry or rageful, I'm not advocating for other people because that's not a space where I can do any good. Hmm. I never read anything you write that feels poignant or um, like you're really standing up for something. I never feel or read that you're rageful. It always seems to me that you're just speaking up about something that matters to you and you think it needs to be said and it's important. And I also really love that I hear the boundary of like, listen, you can have 
you can agree or disagree with me. Like, this is my platform. This is my voice. I've done my work. This is what I have to say. If it serves you in some ways, great. If not, like, keep on walking, you know? And that is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's next for you? Like, what are you working on? What are you really excited about? Like, where do you see the work that you're pioneering moving into next? What's your bigger vision? It's interesting because when I first brought my business online, I did a lot of work around the moon. And I like working with the moon because I use the word omnipresent. Like the moon's always there. Like it's Mm -hmm. always in the sky. And I know that you work with the moon too. Like it's always in the sky. Uh, You know, it changes its phase, et cetera. And I got away from it and I started teaching, you know, about these different pillars that we've talked about and about, you know, I've taught different programs and I've taught different kinds of magic and I've taught lots of different things online. But the moon has always been part of what I have done. And I've done moon rituals and other things. And I'm coming really very full circle. And I've brought the moon rituals really back a lot this year. People have been asking me to teach a lot more magic, a lot more spell work, a lot more ritual, a lot more like formal magic or what I would consider formal magic. Mm -hmm. And from a business perspective, I like simplicity. (laughs) I, you know, like I don't want my business to be super complicated. The whole Mm -hmm. reason I'm an entrepreneur is that I, I want to be able to live my life also. So being able to teach all of that within moon rituals makes a lot of sense to me. And Mm -hmm. so really bringing my business back to the moon in a lot of ways is what's next. And then also finding ways to, to help people understand more of the quantum Mm. aspects to energy. So continuing to, you know, have those quantum conversations. Cause I think that that's sometimes challenging for people to understand the time and, and frequency and those aspects to things. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. I forgot because you in your bio it said you're a quantum witch. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on we've I've never asked you about this. I I've known about your work with the moon cycles and you are definitely highly knowledgeable and expert on that. I mean, I'm barely am. I just <laughs> I like cycles. I actually what's so interesting to me is I finally this year, literally finally this year got to the point where I I can feel the astrology, like it's almost like, um, it's piqued my interest and there's, there's like an energetic kind of pull that I feel like is, is moving things in directions that I can't not pay attention to. But literally, I think up until even this year, maybe in the middle of last year, I didn't feel a lot of, um, personal awareness on that, but I I feel like it's getting stronger, which might be, uh, uh, let me explain it this way. I feel like astrology has had like a reset energetically Mm -hmm. and it's been kind of cleaned off and cleared off in a way where we're just able to like connect to these root energies and pay attention to them and use them to work inside of cycles if we want to. Um, So I, I really hear that but I'd love to hear more about your definition of quantum how how you work with it how you teach people about that yeah first of all I agree with you that astrology has kind of had a reset 
And I go as far as to tell people that from a energetic, what I would call universal energy, like energy that's around us, kind of understand how it's affecting us and other people. I think that astrology is very useful. Hmm. Predictively, I, because of the reset, I do not think that astrology is particularly useful anymore. I agree. Oh my God. I'm so happy you brought that up. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Exactly. Like the whole prophecy thing, the whole like um, using that to determine how we do everything, like now, when we do it, when it's going to be the best time, like anything that has to do with um, it's that that putting the power outside of yourself thing when it comes to creation. I feel like is not the vibe for astrology. It's more of like being in an ocean, you know, like the tide is strong. The qualities are there. Like it's like more pure. There's an experience to it, but like the whole, um, the, the whole methodology around, you know, kind of dictating it, like having it mean something about how you live your life outside of that, sea of stars that we're floating in I'm not feeling it as for quantum I see and and view quantum magic as I used to call it ancient future magic and it it really screwed with people's brains if I'm being honest (laughs) and so I changed it to (laughs) quantum magic because it means the same thing to me Mm -hmm. so time if we think about quantum physics time doesn't actually exist and you know that or at least it doesn't exist the way that we as humans like it's not linear anyways time exists but it's not linear and so the reason i used to call it ancient future magic is because all timelines exist all at the same time all planes exist all at the same time and people understand that if they think about things like marvel movies or like you know like some of the the media that's out there that they've consumed that presents these ideas they just don't present them they present them as fantasy instead of presenting them as like quantum physics is real and so ancient future magic is saying like all the magic that has existed in the past and all the magic that exists in the future all technically exists at the same time Mm -hmm. so quantum physics is saying the same or quantum magic is saying the same thing it's all of the magic that has ever existed is accessible to you Mm -hmm. and it's really asking people to and, and it's my practice it's asking us to examine all of the social programming all of the things that we've been told are right or wrong about magic and ask ourselves what our beliefs are about magic Mm -hmm. ask ourselves to look at them more expansively ask ourselves why we've been taught them and ask you know like and really build our own practice Mm -hmm. I'll give you a really sort of controversial example that I give people a lot of times which is the idea of appropriation which is a big topic and one that is people talk about a lot Hmm. especially in the spiritual world and certainly we should be I want to be certainly we should be very respectful to all people and all cultures like I very much believe that Hmm. but if we take a quantum approach to understanding ourselves if we ask what we believe about lives, I personally don't believe that our soul only comes here once. Mm -hmm. So if I personally believe that my soul has 
done this more than once, been here more than once, then I have to ask myself, did my soul always live in the United States? Well, obviously not because the United States is pretty young, Mm. right? So like, and then I have to ask myself, was my soul always female? And did my soul always have this color skin? Right. And the answer is no. My soul was not always female. My soul did not always have this color skin. And so then if I think about the rules that society tells me about cultural appropriation and how I can use some kinds of magic and some spiritual practices, but not others, because I am this color of skin, mm. but my soul wasn't always right. this, these categories that we give ourselves, then I have to ask myself, like, is it that I'm curious about these things or is it that I'm having a memory or my soul is having a memory and I'm called to some of these practices? And so quantum magic is asking yourself to ask these questions and then like do some really deep work. It's not just about asking them and like being like, oh, like I'm justified to do this because I might have had like this. No, like you have to like do the work, Mm -hmm. you know, actually examine it. But so it's really asking ourselves to expand how we think about magic, how we think about some of the rules that have been made. It sounds like a literal example of like... (laughs) like the bat not like the battle between like your essence right because your magic is is it lives from your essence like that's the source in you the spirit in you whatever you want to call it like that's what you're you're doing magic with right so it's like that's having a particular conversation with you and saying no I am this and then your human body's like no but look you know look at me and it's from a soul perspective I've always thought about that. It's something that in many, many years ago in mystery school, they brought up, they said, you know, if we looked at ourselves from a soul perspective, which has always been very natural to me, I just don't identify with this human, like in the sense that like, this is all that I am. Therefore, I just really can't get into, um, I want to make sure I say this the right way. I really can't get into like closing my belief systems down small, like in a, in a small way that says I need to uh, do a lot of work to justify a belief that, that this has only ever been this version, this version of me. Right. And therefore all of the rules and the, in the things that come along with that, define me I just like I there's nothing in me that truly feels that that's true yeah so quantum physics is looking at or quantum magic is looking at it's applying quantum physics to spirituality and magic Mm -hmm. and then asking ourselves to question all of the rules that we've been taught about spirituality and magic if we actually look at quantum physics and apply the fact that there are different timelines that exist or that there are different parallel universes or that there's different dimensions or that we've had different lifetimes or that there's different versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if we talk about, you know, like people like to talk to their soul, are you talking to your soul? Are you talking to your higher self? Are you talking to your future self? Mm -hmm. Is there one future self? Like it's asking yourself these questions and going on a journey to answer the questions for yourself and Mm -hmm. not just asking your guru the answer yeah I love that very cool what is like one tip that you would have for 
somebody who um, wanted to understand more of what is possible, like where could they get started? Because I, I know you're going to share with me about how people can work with you, but like what's a practical day-to-day tip or s- that someone could use to kind of shift their perspective to see, you know, where where you're going with this conversation? It's a really good question. I think the best tip that I can give people is not the one that they're going to necessarily like, <laughs> but it is... It is action. I think that the best tip that I can give people to help them take, really take magic to like a different level, because we are conditioned in society to think of magic as like this thing that like we, we wish for, or like we Mm -hmm. just like put out into the universe and then like, we can just walk away and it's just going to happen. Like we're just, you know, going to wish and the lottery is just going to like come and we're going to win and like it's going to happen or like the magic genie is just going to like grant our wishes. The biggest tip I can give people is that it's a combination of magic and your mundane life Mm -hmm. action. It's not just the magic. It's the integration of magic into your life. You still have to do the actual living and actioning it. Mm. So, so, so agree. Magic happens in the mundane. I went through like a week where I like forgot the little things that I do every day that bring like gratitude, intention, uh, enjoyment, focus, like, and I'm talking about like the tiny things, like the, the bills that you don't open, the mail you don't throw away, like what you eat, your, how you go grocery shopping, all those little things. You're right. Nobody wants to hear that because it doesn't sound as sexy and fun as the idea of doing like some rose petal, you know, love spell ritual or, you know, doing like a, <laughs> a money ritual. But when it really comes down to it, all the things that I'm just taught that I just described turn, like move the needle on the outcome that you actually want. So I love that you said that because I have found those things to be like the biggest, have the biggest impact on on the magic that I'm creating and the outcome that's coming through. So, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, if we take this super out of co- like way f- outside of context, but if you think about like an NBA basketball star, mm-hmm. they don't go to one basketball clinic and become a basketball star. Right. Like they don't, you know, like just suddenly start playing really good basketball or really good football or whatever the thing is. They practice every single day for years yeah so of course it's everyday actions it's what I call everyday magic it's Mm -hmm. the little things that we do with intention and ritual that add up that Mm -hmm. create results Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is so funny because people talk about quantum leaping all the time and everybody has this like fantastical fantasy lottery winning magic pill obsession with being able to just like quantum leap their life and it just doesn't work that way like I love I love the awareness that came to me when you said that about like the concept of quantum magic versus 
like uh, the delusion, the like the literal delusion of living your life thinking that you can just whip up some spell and everything's going to change tomorrow. Because the truth is, most people who who have those experiences, and I've seen this happen over and over in the online space, like these things can happen, but you usually can't hold them. <laughs> you typically are not in a position where you're managing your life and and like how you're holding your energy to even sustain the thing that you think you're calling in like that huge transformation so you know you gotta work up to it and so I mean I think that's that's a beautiful way to present the capacity for (laughs) all timelines all things big 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 outcomes but you know understanding the practical nature of that is useful So I would love it if you would tell me anything about how people can work with you when, where they can find you. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share? Final thoughts, all those things. Yeah, for sure. People can find me on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Those are my main three platforms. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that they can probably find links to those things. Uh, either they can find them on my website, which I'm sure that you'll link to or, uh, yeah, so they can find that there. Uh, I'm the intuitive creatrix everywhere. So if you look for the intuitive creatrix, you will find me. Um, I finally have a blue verification check mark on Facebook so they can find, they can look for that there. Hopefully there will be blue verification check marks other places soon. That will help. Um, and my website is www.theintuitivecreatrix. And so you can also find me on my website. There are, there's a free workshop on my website about quantum magic. So if they want to oh, learn cool. more about that, they can check that out. And then moon rituals are probably one of the easiest ways for people to kind of get a taste of what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like moon rituals because inside of the way that I lead moon rituals, I also teach magic and mm-hmm. I have a exclusive premium community that people get as a part of that and so they get to learn from me they get to experience ritual with me and I teach moon rituals in an individualized way because all magic I teach is individualized I teach people to grocery shop right even what I say even if I'm teaching it you only take what makes sense to you like Mm -hmm. you don't just take it because I said it Mm -hmm. wonderful that sounds great thank you so much for being here I'm super grateful that you came on my podcast. It was great talking to you. I resonate with all of the things that you shared and appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Conversation. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Bye. Bye.